Welcome to Latitude, the show for freelancers, founders, and creators about all of the non-business parts of running a successful business. Last week, I spoke with Nick DeSabado. Nick runs a design consultancy, Draft, and has written multiple books on design and business. In my conversation with Nick, we dove pretty deeply into value-based design, conversion optimization, and the structured design practice he's created of researching, measuring, and experimenting. We get really into the nitty-gritty of some of those topics, but rather than revisiting a lot of it, I want to look at some of the overarching themes that came out of it. Everything Nick has to say really hinged on understanding what motivates people. Even though we were talking about design for the majority of the conversation, we were really talking about teamwork, collaboration, and just empathy. And those are really the fundamental skills that make a good designer more than anything. For Nick, a lot of that came through online and in-person communities. Here's what he had to say about one of those meetups in particular. I found that, you know, while I don't normally find clients at the monthly drink up that I run, like I've deepened a lot of relationships with people in my industry and it's been very... Um, it's been very professionally fulfilling. It's been almost very spiritually fulfilling. It's been very like personally, just like, I feel like I'm living a richer life by doing this. And I think that by living a richer life, I'm able to, you know, A, serve my clients better, but also just, you know, be a better listener, be a better communicator, um, be a better person in a lot of ways. Being a better organizer may, helps me be a better person. Um, and I think that's tremendously important. In addition to just the value of community and collaboration in general, the biggest part I took away from this was how structured he is about it. Nick specifically seeks out people that are just a few steps ahead or behind him, and by doing this, it means you're speaking the same language as the person you're talking to. It's harder to mentor or be mentored when you're further removed from what the other person is doing. Similarly, he's extremely consistent about hosting or showing up to these events regularly. By looking at it as a consistent practice rather than a nice-to-have, it actually becomes a skill that can grow and improve. A lot of us, myself included, look at networking as almost a bad word. But when you look at it as something closer to community, it becomes a lot easier to swallow. Even if you're an introvert like I am, building relationships with people rather than, quote, connecting can be a lot more beneficial and enjoyable. And it's similar with coworkers and users, too. He uses the example of developers having a responsibility to seriously consider where designers are coming from when they suggest something. But what's implicit in that statement is designers also have that same responsibility of understanding what's coming from developers. When working alongside anyone, understanding their decision-making is more important than pursuing any particular direction, even your own. Understanding the motivation of the people around you is not only going to make you more effective and enjoyable to work with, it can have real career benefits too. Your actual craft is usually only a part of the overall equation. Knowing the ins and outs of typography and layout as a designer can be less impactful without knowing how those things interact with the goals of bosses, coworkers, and users. Yeah, if you're listening to this and you're wondering why your mediocre basic design friend is getting promotions, it's because they learned at some point that it's about existing within a business context and serving the business. And it doesn't have to be the prettiest design. It doesn't have to be the most distinctive style. But to your point, like, there comes a point where you kind of, it gives me no pleasure to report, you kind of get to diminishing returns with learning more and more about design, what's trendy, or what's beautiful. And I kind of know it already. Like, I don't think I need to learn a whole lot more about the tenets of design. I think I understand it. So what then? How do you grow from there? And I think how you grow from there is just recognizing and focusing on related skills rather than deepening your existing skills. 
And the whole point of what Nick was saying through much of this conversation is that those skills that you need to grow are likely not more technical skills, but people skills. And so since design and technology are really about people anyway, Nick has a lot of good advice on how to create, keeping in mind the people you're creating for. The biggest part of it was just thinking about what you're doing in the digital space and how it compares to if you're doing something in the physical space. Is this something, if you ran a physical store and a real human being with a face walked in and had their own dreams and aspirations, would you treat them in the same way? Would you scream, wait, and chase them out of the store? Would you close a gate? Would you say secretly there's only two products left and then there's a warehouse behind you? Right? Like, I don't think you would actually do that. I don't think that's ethical. And so if, if you wouldn't do it in real life and you wouldn't do it to somebody that you know, don't do it on the internet. With the internet is bad enough, people. <laughs> it's not making it any worse. <laughs> this particular quote is specifically about avoiding manipulative patterns in design, but it can be applied more generally than that, too. When writing copy, how would you explain the product in person? When prioritizing a new feature, how does this line up with things the user is already doing in the real world? These questions force you to communicate in a more conversational tone that's more likely to be understood and be more effective. A big part of Nick's practice is conversion optimization. So he really understands how to create scarcity and desire and how to get people to buy. But he also realizes that there are different ways to do all of that. There are plenty of ways to get people to buy in in the short term, but his decade plus of experience has shown that in the long term, those customers are less likely to be repeat customers or become advocates of the product. In the same way that we just looked at how understanding people's motivations means more engagement for yourself and the people you're interacting with, it also means more responsibility. So with that said, just keep in mind the impact whatever you're working on can have, both positively and negatively. Technology means that many of our decisions are almost infinitely scalable. So we all have the obligation to take those decisions seriously. I think everyone in the tech industry has an ethical responsibility, period. I don't, I think that, you know, regardless of whether you are trying to make the numbers go up or not. In fact, I think you will have a greater ethical responsibility when you are so deeply connected to the like capitalistic machinations of a business. And that's effectively what value-based design is trying to do. It's trying to connect you to business value in a way that makes you more of a high-level thinker about what drives customer behavior. And that is a scary amount of power. I don't know what else I can possibly say about it. But, you know, you can if you refuse gigs that you believe to not be part of your moral center, refuse the money. It's not worth it. You see what it does in the industry. You see what it does in world governments and in the economy. Like, it's not okay. And the more people that take that Faustian bargain, the worse off the world is going to be. I wanted to avoid ending this on too much of a downer, but I think this stuff is really important. All of the small decisions we make every day lead to big societal shifts in the long run. Especially with technology, those decisions often have even more impact. So how are you going to use your work to inspire yourself and others? Before we wrap things up, I want to take just a second to talk about Podia. Podia provides all of the tools you need for online courses, downloads, and memberships. But more importantly, they believe in and support people creating those things. Podia really enables people like us to do the work we love. I'm a longtime Podia user, and I've been an advocate of theirs from well before they sponsored the show. My Podia course has directly led to thousands of email subscribers and five figures in revenue. Whether you're an expert developer or creating your first ever digital product, 
Podium makes it fast and easy to create something that not only looks good, but converts well too. Creating something out of nothing is hard, but Podium makes creation a little bit easier. And they're offering a lifetime discount of 15% to listeners of the Latitude podcast. To get your discount or just learn a bit more, go to podia.com slash latitude, or there's a link in the show notes. Next week, I'll be chatting with David Sherry. David is the creator of Death to Stock, a company that's been putting a new spin on stock photography by supporting artists to create more authentic photography than all of the cheesy stock images you've probably seen more than enough times already. Lately, though, he's taken a step back from that business and is now consulting, coaching, and writing about brand building. We talk about his experience burning out while building Death to Stock, when and how business coaching can be valuable, and how to cultivate a mindset of turning pro. If you're interested in that conversation or other conversations with entrepreneurs, product people, freelancers, and creators, hit subscribe to get upcoming interviews and these actionable breakdowns of the interviews. This is also the part of the episode where I'm supposed to ask you to rate and review the show. But rather than that, I really want to make this as actionable as possible. I really want each episode to have something you can implement right away. So send a tweet, message, email, or carrier pigeon to a friend about the one thing you've learned and how you're going to apply it to your business this week. You can also send your takeaway and any feedback about the podcast directly to me on Twitter at Zavzen. That's Z-A-V-Z-E-N. Links and more are in the show notes at createlatitude.com slash podcast. And I just want to remind you that you already have the tools you need to create a little more latitude in your day, your business, and your life.